Hello and welcome to the Biz Unplugged Roundtable Discussion for February 26th, 2008 from Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Warner. Joined each week by our team of Orlando experts, Bob Varley, Julie Martin, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Majak. This week we'll tell you about the top news stories on the Diz, including new plans for the old Disney Treehouse Villas. Corey Martin has a report on the Disney College program, and his lovely wife Julie finishes the Epcot leg of her ongoing store tour series with Mexico. All that plus roundtable rapid fire on this edition of the Diz Unplug Roundtable. Well, we want to welcome everybody to the show this week. Just a couple of housekeeping uh, items that uh, I, I want to go over. Uh, first of all, in case you've been living under a rock, um, we have a podcast cruise coming up in uh, May of 2009, May 10th, 2009. We have uh, a lot of people signed up for this. Um, it's become a lot bigger than I thought it was going to be. I really thought maybe we'd get 20 or 30 staterooms, maybe have about 60 or 70 people. Uh, we're well past double that number right now, and it's climbing every day. So um, we do have... Uh, a lot of staterooms held uh, with some uh, group, some good group space, so we've got the prices locked in at uh, at that uh, lowest possible price. Um, we have a lot of parties, a lot of special things going on. We have more information about it on our podcast main page, podcast.wdwinfo.com. And we also have a thread going on right now on our uh, Diz Unplugged discussion boards at disboards.com asking you when you're going to be in town. Uh, we're trying to get an idea of uh, how many people are going to be in town at certain times, and uh, we're going to start announcing, actually, in the next week or so. I'm going to announce a couple of dates where we're going to be doing shows with uh, where some of you can join us and uh, have a live audience and get to meet some of you and let you get to watch what happens when... What, what, what happens while we record the show, the stuff that you don't hear. The unedited. Uh, the unedited version, <laughs> oh, so to God. speak. We should thank Rob Skinner. Oh, I, I was just going to mention Rob. I'm sorry, I jumped ahead. Rob, who has been uh, uh, dutifully uh, putting together uh, all the dates that everyone's going to be in town and sending us an updated spreadsheet of, uh, of, of everybody's dates. It really has made my job a lot easier on that, Rob. Thank you so much. And uh, I just want to go ahead and also mention, I just, you know, talking about the, the uh, Diz Unplugged forums. Um, if you haven't been over to check out those boards, please go check them out. Um, a lot of our listeners are, are posting there, and I've gotten to know, we've all gotten to know a lot of you uh, through your uh, interaction on those boards. And yeah. it's, been, uh, it's been a lot, I'll tell you, in the t- I'm being really honest, in the 10 years that I've, I've had uh, DizBoards.com, I don't think I've ever enjoyed myself more or participated more in the forums than I have on that board. And uh, that's, uh, not the, that's, I think it just says a lot about uh, the fo- our, our listeners. It's and the only place I post with any kind of personality. Yeah. If I post any place else on the board, it's usually just fact or information. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. I've, I'd noticed this a long time ago, is that you know, each one of those individual forums has their own feel. It has its own community. It has its own tone. And... I, you know, a long time ago, I really stopped posting on the boards because, you know, when I post, it tends to be with a megaphone and I usually end up causing some kind of controversy and it just made things worse, not better. So I kind of backed off from it. But since the uh, unplugged boards have have come online, I've been posting a lot more. Um, You take a look at my post count. It's absolutely embarrassing uh, considering I own the boards. But uh, it's really a great group of people that are over there. 
having a great time uh, reading through those posts and, and engaging with folks. So we absolutely wanted, I absolutely wanted to mention that. And I also want to let everyone know to go ahead and sign up for our Diz Unplugged mailing list. You can do that again at the show, on our show notes page. And uh, the mailing list is really uh, some place that we draw a lot, of, uh, a lot of names at random for prizes. And uh, we, we are going to start sending some things out to you guys like you know, on a regular basis. I don't know what it's going to be yet, but some kind of special little podcast mailing we're going to do. Maybe some, uh, maybe some of the unedited, maybe some of the uh, pieces that I take out of the show um, we'll have in a special place and we'll let people know about it. I'm not saying I'm going to do that. I'm just saying that's one of my ideas. So. I want to make sure that they, they know there is a difference between the, the mailing list we have on the uh, the Disboard's homepage and the one we have on the Dis Unplugged right. main page. Those are two different mailing lists. We only choose winners from the Dis Unplugged mailing list. Right. The uh, the other mailing list is our big mailing list. That's for the whole site, and that's if you want to get the uh, uh, the Dis newsletter every month um, or anything else that we send. I think the only thing we ever do send out is the newsletter on that. And uh, just to reiterate for everyone, at no time do we ever 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 sell or make or give access to anyone else. Um, that that was the worst English imaginable <laughs> in that sentence. Oh my God! Just when, a sampling of no your experience at the live show. That's right. It's a, <laughs> <laughs> when that, bad things happen to good sentences. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, please give me a break. I had a long weekend. Um, now the uh, we we never sell our mailing lists. We never give access uh, to our mailing list to any outside uh, companies. Uh, and believe me, I have been offered I have been offered people's children. Uh, for access to our mailing list, we don't do it. We never do it. Have them call Madonna. Yeah, exactly. Or Angelina Jolie. So with that, we will move on to the news and our first news story. Oh. I have a housekeeping oh, thing. Kevin has a housekeeping. I apologize. I've never heard of chicken and waffles. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how many of you tell me I have. I really haven't. Apparently, I've led a very sheltered life. This is apparently the delicacy of all delicacies. Well, you know, I'll I'll say this much. Four of the six people sitting at this table are from the Northeast. I think we get a pass, but two of you are from the South. I'm sorry. I don't eat soul food. I don't. Is it it soul soul food? Yes. It, it, it like originated in Los Angeles and... and Actually, I've done some research. So did Corey. It originated in Harlem. Right. Yeah. Oh, so really? it's not yeah. even a southern food, really. It's And there's two ver- versions of it. One is waffles with the ripped up chicken on it and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> the other one is waffles with syrup sitting next to fried chicken. Just let me ask you something. Do you remember off the top of your head what the price of that dish was again? About $20. Okay, so for about $20. All right, we didn't know that chicken and waffles was a, a southern thing or a soul food thing or whatever it is. But whatever it is... It shouldn't have been Eggos for $20, okay? For $20, at least the waffle should have been made fresh, not pulled off a grocery store shelf and thrown into a toaster. So we, we, we apologize for not knowing that uh, chicken and waffles were... There are apparently bastions of chicken and waffledom. A Gladys Knight owns a chicken and waffle restaurant. Well, for some reason... Like I've gone my whole life without ever knowing that. And I love Gladys Knight. She never calls, though. The Food Channel ran a couple of things on chicken whole and waffles. whole shows about it's chicken like and waffles. This past week. And I watch the Food Channel all the time. The other thing I've heard about is that apparently peppered all over Los Angeles... Are Roscoe's chicken and waffles? 
Yeah. I've been to Los Angeles several times. I've, I've been to Pink's Hot Dogs. I've never seen a Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. However, that might be a, I've repressed it because it just sounds awful. <laughs> no, please, 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 please stop <laughs> writing to me. I'm sticking to Popeyes. I, I just. I mean, it's a it's a learning thing. I mean, we learned about chicken and waffles this week. Yeah, you know? no. it's like more than you'd ever want to know. Yeah. I learned there's a T in the word learned. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> I didn't say Learned. Learned. I have Learned. housekeeping too, Pete. Okay. Uh, we have some prizes to give away. Oh, that's right. That's right. We do have prizes. Um, My favorite part of the show. Daniel Barkowitz from Massachusetts. Uh, he's the one who sang the, the Swedish chef song. Okay. <laughs> he picked number 13. He picked number 13. And let's see what's in envelope number 13. So all you have to do is call and sing. A three-day, two-night stay at Sheridan Vistana. Very nice. Wow. Yeah, that is Congratulations, very nice. Daniel. You get th- three free days at a hotel just for singing a song. And two nights. What a great hotel it is. It is beautiful. <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous, gorgeous hotel. And then we have Lisa from Vancouver, Washington. She suggested the uh, Richard Petty driving experience for Will. Number five. She gets a universal annual pass. Very nice. Ooh, no. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Prizes. Nice. I thought we were going to put cheap prizes in these envelopes. What happened? Does this mean I don't get to go on vacation now? <laughs> these were the cheap ones. <laughs> those were the cheap ones? No, they weren't cheap. Number 20 gets a Snapple. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken and waffles. Of Kevin's choosing. That's right. Yeah, well, I've been, on a, I've been on a spending spree lately, so John is like, knock it off! Stop spending everyone's salary. So, all right, congratulations, Daniel, and congratulations... Lisa. Well, Lisa. Lisa. Thank you very much for that, and we hope you enjoy your prizes. Anybody else with housekeeping? All right. With that, we will move on to the news. Our first news story this week, the Disney Treehouse Villas are scheduled to get a new life. The Disney Villas, the Disney Treehouse Villas will be demolished. These are the ones that are over at, uh, uh, well, now Saratoga Springs Resort. They were part of the Disney Institute, which was something else before that, and God knows what will be in five years, but... They are scheduled to be demolished and rebuilt, according to plans submitted to local building authorities. The Treehouse Villas opened in 1975 and were known for their secluded location and serene setting, as well as being able to accommodate larger parties. The units featured an upper level with two bedrooms, each with a queen-size bed, two bathrooms, a kitchen, and a living room with a sleep sofa. The lower level had a third bedroom with a double bed and a utility room with a washer and dryer. They were renovated in 1987 and were once part of the room choices when the Disney Institute was still in operation. The last known date when they were available to guests was sometime in 2002. Uh, They uh, sustained considerable damage in 2004 after Hurricane Charlie uh, swept through the area, and until recently, a few of them were even used for cast member housing. Uh, The stumbling block has been the treehouse's locations in a floodplain. It was long rumored that they should be torn down, but nothing could be built in their place. So on February 4th, the South Florida Water, Water Management District Authority approved the plans to tear down the treehouses and replace them with a design that reduces the foundation from 340 square feet to 84 square feet. The new units will rest on support pilings and will have the living area solely on the upper level. So I guess that's their uh, response to, uh, to flooding. Yeah, stay up and stay in your bedroom. Put, put, put them upstairs. Put them on a pedestal. It's the, they Disney's really, new floodplain resort. They really, need, they really need to be redone. They were disco fabulous. Oh, they, yeah. yeah, they really were. They really were. They were very seventies. They were. We must have been almost the last ones to stay in. Well, two thousand. 
what did we do? Two thousand. We did the. We were not. In the, we were not in the treehouse villas, Bob. Oh, those were the. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> you would know if you were. <laughs> oh. No, we just had one of the uh, one of the regular rooms there over at the Disney Institute. Oh, okay. it was nice. Oh, we had the fairway villas or something. Yeah, like something these like look that. very house of the future. Yeah. And now they look very house of the past. They really are <laughs> kind of of a time. Yeah. Oh, be interesting to see what they end up doing with them. Uh, the next story uh, I thought was kind of interesting um, was uh, with the current focus on politics, a close look at the Florida theme park shows a history of Disney and Universal adding to the coffers of both the Democratic and Republican parties. The recently held Florida Democratic Convention had Disney picking up the $125,000 tab. Since 2001, both Universal and Disney have provided, quote, in-kind contributions, end quote, of lodging, catering, and conference facilities, totaling in excess of $571,000. This is in addition to the $1.5 million in direct donations made by the two companies. Disney spokesperson Jackie Pollock has stated that it is important for Disney to work closely with policymakers so that they can understand our business and that they understand firsthand particularly. The better they understand our business, the more informed they are when they go and make policies, end quote. Now, in response to Universal's Mardi Gras GOP events, which just cracks me up, uh, spokesman Tom Schroeder commented that, quote, it's a great opportunity to showcase our destination. These events allow legislators to understand the type of experience we offer our guests and the role we play in Florida's tourism community, blah, 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 blah. Uh, The former mayor of Orange County is disagreeing, though, and saying that, and seeking to change campaign finance legislation, saying that this would seem to be another more egregious instance of how corporate money can buy influence. And let's be honest, folks, that's exactly what's going on. This is how those tree houses are getting rebuilt. <laughs> yeah, used to be wetlands that had to be preserved. Now right. we don't care. You know, Save that sucker. Well, no, with, the, with anything like that, when any construction Disney does, they just zone it themselves through, uh, through Reedy Creek. They don't need politicians to do yeah, that. Yeah, but they've been told, I thought they were told that this was, not, this was a wetland and it was a uh, national... It wasn't just the, I hate to, to hijack this story, but it wasn't just the footprint of the villas that was the issue. It was that they couldn't bring any construction equipment in there because it would have fouled the wetlands. Oh, so, okay. Sorry. So those, those campaign donations, right. yeah, yeah, now those, probably. Wet, those wetlands are just not as important as they used to be. They're going to drop them in by helicopter. Now, with Republicans being the majority party in Florida right now for the, or for the past decade, Uh, The pattern of donations by both Disney and Universal has favored the GOP. Close to 200,000 has been given to the Republican Party by Disney. And, uh, no, excuse me, close to 200,000 of Disney's 342,000 in-kind donations have gone to uh, the Republicans, while Universal has given uh, the Republicans $209,000 as compared to $10,000 to the Democrats. So, yeah, this is... uh, I, I, this is absolutely – the, the, Linda Chapin was the former mayor of Orange County who was seeking to have legislation introduced that would uh, curtail some of this because it is. It's influence peddling, if you ask me. It's, it's out-and-out out influence peddling. I mean, we want to keep politics out of this, but this is not just Disney and Universal. This is every industry. They give money to politicians in hopes that they're going to – yeah, but this is but this is particularly egregious. This is we're going to pick up your bar bill, we're going to pick up your mm-hmm. hotel bill, we're going to pay your food, we're going to 
have these huge we let you have these huge conventions. We're not going to charge you for it. I guess it then that um, maybe, maybe that keeps it off the books. Then maybe that keeps it out of being direct uh, contributions. Yeah, that's why they called in kind. Right. It's called an in kind contribution as opposed to a direct. Oh, a direct it's not contribution. A tax deduction for them? Oh, it may very well oh, be. Goodness. I'm not a tax attorney, so I'm not, yeah. I'm not entirely sure. But it's 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 a different kind. It's different than if you just write a check for 125,000. Yeah. You don't see them sending me any money for my campaign. I wonder why. I don't know. Vote for Bob. Well, you probably stand about as much of a chance as Ralph Nader does of getting elected. So, um, I thought of that yesterday when he announced. He just threw his hat in the ring. It's sad to watch somebody like that just go crazy in public. Um, so, all right. Now, another story that we had talked about a few uh, a few weeks ago, and I kind of predicted this was going to happen. Um, a class action lawsuit filed in response to Disney's policy of prohibiting segways for guests with mobility dis- with mobility issues has been dismissed. In his findings, U.S. District Court Judge Gregory A. Presnell dismissed the suit based on the plaintiffs having no plans to visit Walt Disney World. <laughs> <laughs> now, they just had nothing to do. <laughs> now, yeah, now, folks, if you, if, you hadn't li- if you hadn't been listening a few months ago when this first came out, uh, there were three people who filed a class action suit, three people with uh, mobility disabilities that had filed a class action suit against Disney because uh, they wanted to be able to use the Segway scooters in the park. And we had, I had said back when we first talked about this that it was crazy that, you know, you can't have people running around the parks on segways. It's just they're difficult to control, if, especially if you don't know what you're doing. There's too many people. There's too many chances of an accident. And the minute somebody gets run over by one of these things, they're not going to be suing the person who uh, ran them over. They're going to be suing Disney. So for once, the courts got it right, and they threw this one out. Uh, the three plaintiffs claim that Disney's Segway ban was in violation of the American with Disabilities Act. Disney contends that they provide acceptable alternatives for guests with limited mobility and that Segways pose a safety hazard. They're absolutely right. There's, oh, yeah. There, there, I, I, you know, Kevin, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, you're, you're, your mom's in a wheelchair. You're always in the parks with her. I think Disney World, probably one of, if not the most accessible place I've ever seen. Absolutely. One yeah. of the best. Yeah. And while it's not perfect... It's among the best. And I would imagine that anything that's not perfect is only because either they haven't noticed it or hasn't been pointed out to them yet. Um, I mean, they seem always, Disney has always seemed to bend over backwards uh, to accommodate any guest with any disability, regardless of what it is, whether it's a, a mobility disability or any kind of handicap at all. Um, I, I think Disney, it's one thing I can certainly give them very, very high marks on. There's very little room for criticism of them there. So that's why when this, this whole lawsuit, I thought, was, was bogus to begin with. I have to tell you, Pete, yesterday I went over to Epcot and went to Interventions, and I actually did the, the small schooling for the Segway, mm-hmm. and I actually did like a five-minute run with it on it. And, you know, after dealing with Cotcam and, and using the ECV vehicles and uh, using – the Segway. Okay, hold on a second. He got interventions and ECV right in the same sentence. Every even a blind squirrel finds a nut now and then. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying. You okay. did very good, Bob. But, you know, I I got on the Segway yesterday, and you know, one of the things with Segway is you, it's not controlled with your hands; it's it's your feet and. 
It's actually your balance. It's, it's your balance, pressure. but you use your balance by controlling it with your toes and where your, your feet are on it the balances your, It balances for you. Right. So if it finds... Yeah. I still, you know, in the little time that I had, it's a, it's a much bigger learning curve for for using one of those. Yeah, that's what I've anywhere. heard. There's actually a gentleman and I don't know I don't know him personally. I've seen him several times. He lives in Celebration and he has a modified Segway that he uses as a wheelchair. And this is not I want to just don't feel like walking. This is a person who needs a mm-hmm. wheelchair and has had a, a Segway modified. Yeah. I have a feeling that if he approached the gate, Disney would allow him in. Yeah. So this is not Disney being just we don't like segways this is about safety for everyone concerned right, right this is a person who's sitting down on one and it's obvious so i'm not i don't know this for a fact but i'm guessing that if he approached the gate he would be allowed to use his segway yeah. in the park and the fact that the three people who brought this suit never had any plans of going to disney world <laughs> yeah. tells me that this is another one of those circumstances where disney has a big old target on its back and you got people out there looking yeah. to make a name for themselves or looking to get some money uh, through a lawsuit, and I'm glad that the judge so for the tossed, frivolity exactly that it was. and tossed this tossed it to the curb where it belongs. So yeah, so, and uh, but yeah. It, yesterday was interesting. You know, it gave me an idea of what Corey and Julie went through, and I'm looking forward to. There's a couple of places I'm going to be going and using the Segway. In the, but in I'll the tell future. you, of all the um, you know of all the segments we've done, one of the ones that gets mentioned we hear get mentioned over and over and over again is that segment you two did. Uh, doing the sideways, a yeah. lot you, you you sent a lot of people over. It's I, re- to do I recommend that. it to everybody. So, yeah, I've never been on one. I'm a af- uh, please. I was um, afraid too because I don't have the greatest balance, and I can be kind of spastic. And I told the guy, you know, I'm like, look, I'm a little uncomfortable. He's like, it's going to be fine. He said, you'll see. And he was right. I, I I loved it, and I got to be the leader of the line. It was so fun. <laughs> At one time, they had a castaway key. They had them. Right. And you could pay a small fee and you got to do it for 15 minutes. And John and I actually split one little session. allotment of time. You know, one, one foot each on it? No. We <laughs> took turns. And it was real. It's quite fun to do, but it's, Bob's right. This is not as easy as it looks. No, it's, you know, it's not like hit the brake right away. If you, if you panic and think about it, you know, you could run into the hardest somebody. part is when you first step on it because you try to, you're trying to balance yourself and you yes. go forwards and backwards, forwards and backwards. Ooh. And then she told me, just use your toes and your balance there. Don't try pulling it back and forth and, and stuff like that. I'm looking into something that's off Disney property. Uh, there's a place that has segways, but I'm not ready to bring it forward now. But it's it's a, a little less expensive than what Disney charges. So I'm gonna Right, have... but I think half the fun of uh, doing the segways is doing the Around oh, yeah. World Showcase. Yeah. Yeah. No you there. know, doing it down 192 isn't going to quite have the same uh, <laughs> same allure, I think. <laughs> the segway <laughs> tour of Sam's Warehouse There's just isn't going to be fun. <laughs> the giant orange <laughs> store. But, you know, I, I also want to go over to uh, Fort Wilderness and do that, that one that goes through the woods. And I'll have a cape on my back or something. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be stopping at Fort Wilderness as part of our ongoing hotel review tour oh, yeah. that we're going to be doing all year. Yeah, now our first, uh, our first hotel review is going to be um, the Contemporary. And uh, we'll actually have that review on our March 11th show. And we'll actually be doing another one right after that on the 18th. Well, I believe it's going to be Port Orleans. 
uh, is the next uh, is the next stop. Now we're going to be doing these reviews uh, all through the year. We're starting in early March. They're going to be running through uh, October. And uh, if you guys have particular questions or things you want us to check out at particular hotels, all you need to do is send us an email, podcast at www.info.com, and we will uh, we'll add your, your questions to our list of things to do when we go do those hotels. I'll let you know which ones are coming up next month. Um, the, first hotel, uh, the first one we're going to be doing is the Contemporary. We'll be, uh, we'll be there. We'll be, actually, we'll, we'll have that uh, for the, our March 11th show. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have the review of the Contemporary. Uh, next up will be the Port Orleans Riverside, and that is going to be on our March 18th show. And Pop Century is after that. That'll be on our March 25th show. Now, we're not going to be doing them every week for the rest of the year. These are going to kind of be spread out a little bit, but um, we had a bunch of them booked. We had some good AP rates in March, so we got a bunch of them booked there, so. I think to get the full experience, we should drop you off at the airport and make you take Magical Express to the hotel. It's <laughs> not a bad idea. Yes, it's a very bad idea. <laughs> don't look at me. I'm not doing it. I don't care. <laughs> it's an extremely bad idea. But, uh, yeah, so if you have any questions, if you have anything you want us to check out while we're doing our hotel reviews, just send them in to us. And, like I said, we'll, we'll add them in. So with that... We will wrap up our news segment for this week, and we're going to move on to Roundtable Rapid Fire. And Kevin has his hand up ahead of everybody else, so Kevin can go first. Did you see that, Julie? He's fast. I am. I'm stealth. We went to a show over in Tampa the other night at the Tampa Bay Performing Arts Center, and we saw the show Jersey Boys. And in the little playbill that they give you there is an advertisement i was surprised um we got over to see this show in about an hour Mm -hmm. and everybody in my party loved the jersey boys i thought it was okay (laughs) there's my mini review (laughs) however in the in the booklet i found something that i thought you guys would find fascinating the florida international museum which is actually in St. Petersburg, which is about an hour and 20 minutes from Disney, is offering the Vatican Splendors. Oh, yeah, you were telling me about this. Museum piece. It's going to be 200 works of art and historical objects from the Vatican. This is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. These are not usually loaned out. There will be Michelangelo, Bernini, Giotti, and that other guy, whose name I can't pronounce. Oh, I can do that? Like, can't if I can't say it? What's oh, the, the last other name? Guy. Oh. Yeah, Julie can't it's, pronounce no, it either. No, it's Guercino or Guercino. Okay. Uh, I think this sounds like a great thing. It is here February 9th through May 11th. So if you're going to be in the area and want to actually see some real live culture, I want to do it really a field, is cool. field trip. Uh, there can't, is a website. Get to the Vatican. <laughs> exactly. The website is www.florida museum.org and there's a phone number of 727-341-7900 this is a limited engagement again they're listing it as a once in a lifetime experience and I just think it sounds pretty cool there's also the Salvador Dali Museum in St. Petersburg right so if you're looking for something to do that didn't involve a theme park and you wanted to do something a little more cultural a little richer cultural experience and really that trip to uh, that, that trip down to Tampa is a nice Nice hour drive. Straight shot. And it's a straight line right down I-4. I'm actually going to give this to Corey and see if you can get this information. So 
I think that sounds like yeah, fun. Yeah, if you, if you don't think you'll ever make it over to uh, Rome to go to the Vatican, this is probably going to be the closest you'll ever get to some of this stuff. I'm definitely going. My mother will go out of her mind. Go out of her mind. And Diana will enjoy that, too. Field trip. I think we're going to go, too, also. Mm-hmm. Two, also. Excellent. <laughs> John. I have two rapid fires. My first one is annual pass holders can now add the Disney dining plan to room-only reservations. Wow. Um, this is actually pretty big news because people who had annual pass holders didn't want to have to pay for a full package and add a, a ticket. Oh. Now, if you're I annual- think this has more to do with the fact that the changes they made to the, the plan uh, have, filling t- the restaurant. have turned a lot of people off. Mm. There's actually, in all honesty, a lot of people who can't book a package or wouldn't book a package have been complaining and saying, listen, why do we have to pay for a ticket if we're never going to use it? So mm-hmm. I actually think it's a good thing if you, this is something you want to do. It can be applied to discounted and non-discounted annual pass holder rooms, and a valid annual pass holder must be provided. Now, the important part is is that once you do this, your room-only reservation then becomes a package. So you now fall under the package rules, quote-unquote. The package deposit will apply the, their uh, 45-day balance payment, and the cancellation policies for a package will apply. So Ooh. something to keep in mind is that now you've changed from a room-only to a package, even though you don't need tickets. you got to love how they do that. I think I, I have to agree with Pete. I don't think this is to give annual pass holders any kind of perk whatsoever. Disney's never given annual pass holders yeah. much of a perk. Oh, ever. This gets, is because they're finding out that the Disney dining plan isn't as popular as they thought it was going yeah, to be and, and, now that they've screwed it up. And annual pass holders have always been the dumping ground for everything Disney needs to fix. So, you know. Plus, plus you get they get to use your money 45 days out instead of... You know, when you arrive, you pay for the rest of the package except for the deposit. Oh, you know what I should That's do just to make my contemporary stay perfect? Gonna add the I'm going to add the dining plan. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's significant. They're going to use your money for 45 days rather than just your deposit. You can take your little calculator with you to figure out how many credits you have. Right. Oh, I, I can see you in the gift shop buying Disney macaroni with your credits. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be me. What do you mean I can't buy it with this credit? I want it. My second rapid fire is that uh, Disney has come out with some new codes. Um, Basically, what you have is a discounted package. They're offering free park hopping and the water park and fun and more option uh, for March 30th to May 21st arrivals. And it can be added to pretty much any package, the regular one, the dining, the deluxe dining. Again, keep in mind that this is just... The, the park hopping will be free, and the water park fun and more will be free. So if you're not going to add those anyway, it's not really going to save you any money. You just get those extra perks. So keep that in mind. Excellent. And that's it. Thank you, John. Mr. Varley, what do you have? I have gone back to Spaceship Earth. Has anyone noticed that I've just stopped doing rapid fires? <laughs> Go ahead, Bob. I went back to Spaceship Earth yesterday with Diana. And she hadn't been on it before, so I was kind Have of getting... Have you taken elocution lessons? I know. He didn't say Diana. What's going on here? I'm playing with your minds. Apparently. <laughs> I think the doctor got the medication just right. Oh, <laughs> The R's aren't showing up? He oh, actually said interventions? It, it's coming. Just give me some time here. So we went to... Uh, we actually went over to Epcot yesterday, and we spent like five and a half hours, and we never got past... Like, In Spaceship Earth? <laughs> 
thinking the same thing. No, in that area, Spaceship Earth, the interventions, Weston. No, there Ace. it was. There you go. You got to throw them off. <laughs> the real Bob just came out. Who is this person? Who are you? What have you done with Bob? We went to those three areas and, and spent all that time in there and it didn't really go past that point. And we had a good time. But we went on Spaceship Earth. Uh, uh, I had been on it for a preview. And some of the things I noticed were uh, when you get on, we went on twice. The first time I went on, there was a female voice doing the walkthrough with you. The second time, it was a male voice. It was a totally different voice. You mean the whole narration was narration a male voice? Narration mm-hmm. was a male voice. Well, wasn't it uh, it's Dame, Dame Judy Dench? Dame, <laughs> Dame Judy Dench? I, all I know is it, I like the first Dame time Judy it was Dench. a male and the second... Uh, the first time was a female and the second time was did a male. Did you recognize the man's voice? You're asking me. Did you, ask, <laughs> did you maybe ask somebody there since you were going to talk about it on the show and you might be able to tell us? And you were there for five hours? I asked other things, but I didn't ask that. Did you ask Diana if she heard the man's voice or was it just in your own head that they were giving you a narration? No, I said, maybe it was Judy oh, Dench a doing voice. a different Diana, voice. Diana, you can agree with me, right? So... You know she's not here, right? I know. Do you so, see her? Anyway, this is rapid fire. I'm trying to get through this, guys. Uh, one of the our fault. One of the, one of the things I noticed is when you're going up the uh, incline on on the ride, they they have they take your picture, and uh, I'm going to talk about that a little more later. But. Another thing they This is a rapid fire that has a later. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. This is uh, one of those edgier seat moments, isn't it? <laughs> well, it, it, I went back and listened to our uh, thing on it the first time that John did, and I, I noticed on the ride this time they have language choices. They have English, Spanish, French, Chinese, German, and Portuguese. Yeah, I heard that. Awesome. As an option, and I think that's pretty neat. That is cool. Uh, so I wanted to make sure people knew that. And I hear that they're going to be doing that language that I talk sometimes in the future, Spanglish. But no. that's, Wrong again. That's not Franish. You speak oh, Franish. Oh, Franish? <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, during the ride, I found uh, a couple of hidden Mickeys. The spoiler alert. Uh, I found one in a room that has the first backup method for information that's u- that was used. And then the second one I found uh, uh, somewhere near a famous painter who was in the room. I didn't want to give up. You know, well, there, should. now that's, that's, that's <laughs> as clear <laughs> as mud. <laughs> oh, that's true, but I saw two. And if there, if there are more that people have found out there. Have we spoiled this for you? No. But I, I don't want to spoil them. I, I want them to look for them. So I just gave them little hints. Uh, one of the other things I found, you remember on the descent uh, of the ride, John, they had the screen. I pretty decent. Decent. Uh, <laughs> descent. Descent from the ride. Uh, they did that, that little thing where they ask mm-hmm. you the questions and everything. Mm-hmm. When they did that. Your next podcast is hooked on phonics. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> You know that little work. animation mm-hmm. they did of all your answers and they put it into a thing? Mm-hmm. They take your picture from when you first go in and they put it into those characters. Mm-hmm. They didn't do that when I was there the first time. Right. And it wasn't I, finished the first time we went there. Right. Now so it's now, it's, now it's done. Now the, the, what Bob is trying to say is when they take your picture the first time as you go in, they're capturing your face. And when on the way down, they superimpose your face in the animation at the end. 
mine was all messed up because I was taking a picture of the camera. So, did yeah. you have your well, camera in front of you when you were the animation? No, they put only little, my head showed. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the first time it worked, the second time it didn't, and I just uh, I had my the, my hat on so it didn't pick up my face. So I just wanted when pe- they tell you to look up to the the place where the camera is, make sure you look up. It's it's a lot of fun. Uh, so I thought that was neat. And then when you exit the ride in Project Tomorrow, you know, they, there was a globe that they had sitting there, and it wasn't doing anything when I was there. Well, now they have, you're able to go up to these stations and have your picture taken, and you end up having your picture up on a wall like, the, uh, like a postcard. And uh, I thought that was pretty cool. And then you type in where, you, where you're from, and you give your email address, and it's, it's supposed to send you an email. It didn't send me. It, it didn't work for us because I didn't have one waiting for me. But that whole area in Project Tomorrow, had, they've added some things. There's a, a thing about energy, and it, it's like a shuffleboard game, but it, it's on the floor, and it's all projected on the floor, and they have an area for the medical. And I, I thought that was really cool. And, you know, people should take some time and spend some time in there. Uh, so that that's is my, my least favorite place. Corey's like, you want to go in interventions? I'm like, no. <laughs> no, this isn't in interventions. This is at the end of uh, Spaceship oh, Earth. Spaceship Earth. It's in Project Tomorrow. And they really jazzed it up a little bit. Uh, people should take another look I at it. I zoom right through. I'm like, out of here, please. I know. <laughs> I agree about interventions. It's like going to Best Buy. Yes. Well, we're going to talk about it's that. It's my later, favorite but. place on the planet. Interventions? Best Buy. Oh. <laughs> Best Buy. Yeah, but at Best Buy, you get to take that stuff home with you. Here you don't. But I think if spend some time in Project Tomorrow at the end of the ride, I think you'll enjoy it. Okay. Okay? So, I, will, I will. The next time I'm over there, I will absolutely do that because I haven't... Uh, I, I do the same thing. I bolt out of there. So yeah. I mean, there's... Uh, well, then again, tr- honestly, you know, up until this rehab, there really wasn't much to see on, on the outside of... Uh, I liked it when it first opened and you could talk to the people making their reservations. That was cool. It's really cool where they have the globe and then the people type in where they're from. And all of a sudden these faces come come up and it kind of connects to an area on the globe. So you can see where all the people in the room are actually from. You and I have a different definition of very cool apparently, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How was the line, Bob? We were there on Friday and the line was pretty long. Crazy long. Ten minutes in the afternoon. To get on five minutes the second time. The good thing about that ride is it's such a fast move. It keeps on fast moving. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's some neat things in there. So and cool. each game is like five minutes. So that's it. That's my rapid fire. That, that was a not so rapid fire. Bob. Yeah, that was a. <laughs> I thought the pictures <laughs> I passed around were fire. pretty cool. <laughs> so, all right. Scuba. Thank you, Bob. Yep. <laughs> your, your turn is over. It's Julie's turn now. Stop talking. <laughs> Mrs. Martin. Ellen DeGeneres is returning to Universal. She's going to be taping shows on March 28th and 29th. The episodes are going to air on March 31st, April 1st, and 2nd. The guests so far include Jeff Foxworthy, you might be a redneck if, <laughs> <laughs> Paula Dean and her sons Jamie and Bobby. I'm sure there will be others, but those are the ones that we know about. Can I just say that Jeff Foxworthy, I am so over him. Yeah, really. He is just, that that act is so old and so stale, and he has driven it into the ground. We get it. You're a redneck. Move on. Sorry. Paula Dean should be pretty exciting, though. Who is she? (gasps) 
Oh my God, <gasps> Pete Paula Werner! Dean is. I have no idea who Paula oh, Dean is. No. Oh, I cannot believe that. Who is she? She's okay, a southern. To Pete. She's a southern cook. She's a chef. Oh. Um, she has. So she would know about chicken and waffles. Oh, uh, probably prob- so. She probably invented. But it. <laughs> I will say, I have her cookbook, and there is not a recipe in there for chicken and waffles. Oh, well, there's not in Rachel Ray's either. There, so there. you go. <laughs> she's famous for very rich southern cooking. She makes things with a lot of butter, <laughs> very and fattening. Yeah, yeah. everything so I'm not good. allowed to have anymore. But anyway, uh, the tapings are going to take place at the Laguna stage at Universal City Walk, as usual. Tickets are now available on her website, ellen.warnerbrothers.com. Let's go. Let's cool. Go. Field trip. We went last year. It was hot. That's not yeah, cool. it kind of ruined the magic for me. Yeah, you got, I don't like, really care to go to a You were close to sun again. poisoning. Yeah, we were, we were burned. You guys were so I burnt. still have a line that you can see. No, I swear, really? it'll be a year in March. <sighs> That's wow. how bad it was. I don't want to go now. Yeah, All right, so sunblock next time. Yeah. Lots and lots of sunblock. All right, thank you, Mrs. Martin. Corey? I have um, some information on the Disney Wish Lounge. It's been open for a little bit more than a year now, but I just wanted to kind of let people know what it is. It's, um, it's located at the Magic, uh, Magic Kingdom. It's the only park that has one. Um, this is a place where children with um, like life-threatening illnesses who are part of the D- Disney Wish program can come and take a break um, you know, from the hectic day and stuff like that. They offer... Light refreshments. They have DVDs, games, books, TVs, um, and more. It's staffed by the guest relations crew. Um, the, crew the guest relations crew will also be taking over the, the baby care center in March. Uh, the Disney Wish Lounge, it's located through the first aid. Uh, you can access it through first aid. And I think it's a pretty cool thing uh, for the, uh, you know, the Make-A-Wish Foundation kids and things like that. The Walt Disney Company fulfills more than 55,000 wishes per year. So. Wow. Yeah. Really? That many? Yeah. When we first talked about that, we, we, we popped our heads in to take a look at it. It's really a great space. I mean, you can't really fault Disney for that. That's no. something they do that's very, very cool. It is. The other thing is, um, I just have to give credit to the folks who work in the first aid lounges. Mm. We've actually had to use them. If you're traveling with someone who's handicapped and you're looking for a quiet place to use a restroom, they're more than willing to allow you to do that. Even if you're not, even if you're just not feeling good, go there. Right. They'll let you sit in a cool room. They'll give you water. They'll give you aspirins or something. And they do a really terrific job, and they make you feel really comfortable about where you are and stuff like that. So just a cool. shout out to those folks because they do a really, really terrific thing. Excellent. And actually, that's a great segue. We're going to take a break, and we're going to go ahead and play a couple of uh, – cast member appreciation voicemails we've been asking you guys to call in and tell us your best stories about good experiences you've had with disney cast members either recently or in the past all you need to do is give us a call toll free in the united states 1-877-310-9662 and uh, as with any of the uh, voicemails we play on the show if we play your voicemails here you'll get a choice between a dis unplugged t-shirt or a dis unplugged pin and lanyard and, of course, it enters you into the drawing for a shot at one of our fabulous envelopes. And floating around in one of those fabulous envelopes is, of course, a podcast group. <laughs> so go ahead and give us a call, one eight seven seven three one zero nine six six two. Tell us your best story. And we'll be back right after we listen to a few of those. Hi, guys, and Julie. My name is Alicia Lenny, and I'm calling from up na- upstate New York. I'm Kokolom on the board. I'm calling to tell you about an excellent cast member experience we had. I took my daughter on a surprise birthday trip to Walt Disney World on her 11th birthday, 
and I had T-shirts made, one for her that said, Hi, I'm Jenny, I'm celebrating my 11th birthday, and one for me that said, Hi, I'm Jenny's mom, and she's celebrating her 11th birthday. Anyway, so on her birthday, we hop over to MGM to ride the Tower of Terror. When we were in the library, we were in a, a group of large, rowdy boys. The, the place was filled with uh, boys in their late teens. And inwardly, I hoped that we weren't going to be in the same car as them. So as we get up to the front of the line, my daughter asks the CM, the cast member, for the front seat. And he gives her that, that stare, you know, that stare they give. And uh, he points to the front row. And she's super happy. She loves the front seat. Anyway, so uh, the rest of the car does fill with those boys. And I'm hoping that, you know, it's not too bad. And the CM goes through his spiel, and he's really good. He's really in character. And as the doors are closing, in a really spooky voice, he says, and if you do anything today, make sure you wish Jenny a happy birthday. Well, the doors close, and all those teenage boys break out into song. They start singing happy birthday to my tween daughter, and her face turns bright red, and her smile's a mile wide. And if you ask her today what her favorite Walt Disney World memory is, that's the one she'll pick. Absolutely best memory she has. She talks about it all the time. She tells her friends about it. And I just wanted to say thank you to Rick, the cast member, who was so thoughtful, who went that extra mile and just did an awesome job making people happy. And and that's why we keep coming back. The cast members are definitely the reason that we keep coming back. So thanks, Rick, for, for just being awesome. And that's our story. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Pod Squad. Uh, this is Marcy A. Bear. I'm SMPH Bear on the boards. I wanted to call in and say that I had some really good experiences with cast members last June. We were hoping to run into the Dream Team, and while we didn't run into them, we met some cast members who really helped make our dreams come true. I wanted to tell you about Todd, one of our monorail drivers. On the very first day of our trip, we got to ride in the front of the monorail. My four-year-old was thrilled. He's into anything to do with trains. Todd was awesome. He told the kids that they needed to sprinkle magic pixie dust to make the monorail go, and he let them get the monorail started. He told them how much, he talked to us about how much he loved his his job. And I said, oh, it must be great to have a job like this. And he said, it's not a job. He said, I get to have fun every day. He was wonderful with our boys and even posed for a picture with them before we were done. Uh, Aaron was another one. He was our guide on the tours of the Keys to the Kingdom Another mom that was with me and I took a morning off and went and did that. I can't say how wonderful he was. And there was someone else, and I wish I had their names. The crew that runs the train was great. My son squealed with delight when the train pulled into the station at Toontown. And the gentleman there turned around and smiled, and he looked down at him, and I said, oh, he loves trains. And he pulled a card out of his hand and handed it to me, one for each of my boys, and said, make sure you sit him in the last seat. And I said, okay, yes, sir. Well, it was the little tiny seat, and what I didn't know is he had just made them co-conductors on the train. They were allowed to make the announcements of all aboard, and it got even better because when we went to get off near uh, Splash Mountain, the lady took us onto the back of the train and took a family portrait standing on the back of the train. She had also allowed the boys to ride standing up from Main Street into Frontierland, and that was one of the highlights of their trip. So I wanted to say there were a lot of great cast members who really made our trip great. Also, I sent an email, but I wanted to mention, I'd love to hear a segment about some of the options for those of us to stay off property as far as babysitting goes. It's a little scary leaving your kids with someone, and so I'd love to hear it from the point of view of a local 
of what options we have as parents right now. I'm trying to convince my husband to take the Segway tour, and I think the thing that scares him the most is leaving our kids with someone at our condo. So I'd love to hear about the local companies that are mentioned in some of the guidebooks. Thanks so much for everything you do. I'm almost caught up. I just started at the beginning, and I've been listening to the recent ones as they come out, of course, and probably in another week or two I'll have listened to everything. I just joined the group probably in about December or January. Keep up the great work, guys. Marcy Bear, and I can be reached at... 985-233-1503. Thanks. Bye. All right. We are back. And Kevin just reminded me to remind to let you, all of you know that uh, next week, next week's show, we're going to be announcing the winner of the Review a Restaurant with Kevin uh, contest we've been, uh, we've been running. Uh, a lot of people submitted uh, dining reviews to Kevin. And he has narrowed it down to uh, four people. I know you asked me for three, and but there were four that he really. I came up with four. I really, I meant to, I meant to look over them this weekend. I didn't get a chance, but I, I promise we'll be ready for next show, and uh, we will have, we will announce the winner next week, and also on the twenty ninth, uh, our uh, photo contest comes to an end, and we will be selecting uh, winners. Probably announcing the winners to that. Not on next week's show, but the week after. So, it's going to take us some time to go through them. It's going to be very tough. Yeah, yeah. So maybe it's even going to be longer than that. March is going to be a busy month. March is a very busy month. It's a very busy month for us. So, and we're going to move on to Julie Martin and her store tour segment at Mexico. Hola, mis amigos. Bienvenidos a la store tour de México. Uh oh. (laughs) I said hi, my friends. Welcome to the store tour of Mexico. Um, When you first enter, obviously you're entering a a, like a Mayan or Aztec ruin. I'm not sure which one, but uh, you come into the Mexican folk art gallery, and in here are the Oaxacan wood carvings, the animales fantásticos. The spirit of these animals actually live inside the wood, and it's the job of the artist to set them free. These are very brightly colored with interesting designs, all shapes and sizes, uh, from very small to very large. They have cats, crabs, wolves, lizards, peacocks, pretty much any animal that you can imagine they have carved. And they also have crosses and angels. And they range in price from $15 up to $750 for one of the largest pieces. My favorite are the little crabs. I think they're really cute. (laughs) And the crosses, of course. We have those all over our house. Once um, you pass through here... Before you go on, Julie, don't they also do a lot with skeletons? That's um, another part of the story. Okay, sorry. (laughs) I'm going to cover that. Sorry. But uh, as you enter, you enter the Plaza de los Amigos. This is basically like an open-air market, kind of a free-for-all kind of thing, which you would find in Mexico at in any city they have sombreros of all sizes they have the plain straw they have multicolor they even have velvet with sequins i was kind of partial to those kind of look like what the mariachi bands wear those are like formal sombreros yes formal for weddings and things like that i guess <laughs> um earth rags is a popular brand in this area it's all made in mexico they have fleece throws that are made of 100 percent recycled fibers they have indian blankets and pullovers and jackets uh, other throws that they have are a four-in-one multi-use throw that can be used as a blanket, a pillow, a bag, and a poncho, and it's only $30. Hmm. I was thinking that was kind of a 
a nice bargain if you can use it four different ways. As well as a vaquera throw by Ramatex, and all of these are made in Mexico. They have pins on purses and backpacks. Pins on is the artist who, who makes these, and they have uh, two-tone, multicolor, and solid. It's basically, it's the traditional, like when you think of a Mexican garment, you know, it has the multicolors, and it looks like it's been handmade, you know, cloth. I think they're very cool. They have large paper flowers in every color imaginable. They have faux fruit that you can buy, little strands. The musical instruments they have are tambourines, drums, um, the little flip ladder. Do you know what, know what I'm talking about? Jacob's ladder. Yeah, you flip it back and forth and it just keeps going up and down. As well as maracas, a hand drum, which I called it a hand drum because I didn't know what else to call it, but it's a small little drum with two little balls on a string. And you oh, kind yeah. of roll it back and forth in your hand and it, it makes noise. Yeah, we bought one of those for Brian one time. It drove me nuts. Yeah. There were there was a large group of sixth graders in here when I was doing this, and they were all oh, God. playing the tambourines and the drums. Oh, Talk about a headache. <laughs> as well as these uh, wooden flutes. <laughs> they have Christmas decor. Not a large selection. There are wooden Christmas ornaments. They're handmade and hand-painted in Mexico. There are basic traditional designs for the holiday celebration there. It's a set of four for fourteen ninety five. They have uh, angel tree toppers made from corn husk. These are very interesting. I would actually buy one of these. As well as nativity sets. They have a cream and gold set by Colocho, who is um, a famous designer in Mexico. It's 14 pieces for $24.99. And then they have a set that's also made from corn husks, which is $99.99. And it only comes with six pieces. I would imagine it's because of the work that has to be done on these. But I liked it. They have piñatas, skeletons, crowns, donkeys, bulls, and unicorns, small and large size. They have something called a Chiquita doll. This is a children's doll. She's made all of cloth and wears mountain village garments indigenous to Puebla, Mexico. These are made by mentally disabled people, but the clothing is actually made and embroidered by local natives. They're $22. thought that was very interesting. Chiquita doll, like the Chiquita banana. (laughs) That's what I thought, too. The string puppets are also here, which are made in Mexico. They have Moxman cowboy hats. Most of the things here are made in Mexico, which I found refreshing, because in a lot of the other places, everything's made in China. The food selection, uh, they have natural vanilla extract that comes from Mexico, unicorn pops, these are just little suckers for kids, and salsa. But the salsa is a product of the USA. The El Paso Chili Company and Three Banditos, Salsa Verde. Made in New York City. <laughs> no, I think they're all made in the Southwest, but oh. I just found it funny that that was one product that should have been from Mexico. <laughs> yeah. Lots of margarita pitchers and glasses. And they have a little small book that you can buy called Margaritas. and includes recipes for margaritas, as well as some south-of-the-border snacks. So if you're planning on having a margarita party, that might be something to invest in. The glassware they have, they have mugs, shot glasses, and flasks. These are all covered in leather, kind of stitched up the back. And then they have uh, scenes from either ancient Mexico or like uh, kind of Mayan symbols imprinted on them. And they're relatively inexpensive. They do have a selection of tequila. They have Patron Silver, Pepe Lopez, and Salsa, all made in Mexico. The tequila tasting bar is not open yet. Oh, time. <laughs> The books they have here are 
quite extensive, the collection that they have. They have Learn Spanish for Kids. They have Essential Cuisines of Mexico, The Traveler's Mexico Companion, Mexican Folk Tales, Books on the Aztecs. They have a bilingual version of The Little Mermaid that I found very interesting. If you want your children to learn a little Spanish, that might be something to invest in. The Encyclopedia of Mexican Cooking and the History of the Conquest of Mexico. That's a book that I want. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> you got it? He's a good noter, by the way. Okay. I received some gifts for Valentine's Day. Yes, he did. Mexican-made ceramics and pottery. You have things like the sun, the moon, um, some of their gods, crosses, skulls, fish, um, ceramic coasters and decorative plates, as well as vases that are hand-painted. They have Amate paper paintings by Colocho and other art that he has done. Amate paper paintings are something that the Mayans did using bark from trees and native plants, and he kind of recreates this. Most of the images are of birds. And then he also has wooden parrots that are attached to a perch. They're really neat looking. Kind of made me think about Walter. (laughs) And they also have ceramic piggy banks that are made by him as well. The leather goods that are out in the open market are purses and wallets. You can find the Three Caballeros merchandise here as well. Now, they have a small section that is dedicated to El Dia de los Muertos, which is the Day of the Dead. They have calaveras, which are skeletons, teas, small coffins with a skeleton inside, and shadow boxes depicting scenes with two to three skeletons inside of them, as well as the ceramic skulls that are brightly colored with uh, intricate designs all over them. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the Day of the Dead. It's a celebration that takes place in Mexico on November 1st and 2nd. The first is All Saints Day. The second is All Souls Day. This happens every year. It comes from the ancient indigenous peoples of Mexico who believed that the souls of the dead returned to visit with their living relatives. They would eat, drink, and be merry just like when they were alive. The children are remembered on the first with toys and colorful balloons that are placed on their graves. And then the adults are honored on the second. They'll have like their favorite foods and drinks and personal belongings, as well as candles to lead the way home for them. Hmm. And zempasuchiles, it's a hard word to say, which is a special type of marigold that is very popular for this celebration. They also have the ancient incense copal that is burned. I've actually had the chance to smell this, and it's, it's quite potent. Um, other symbols are the pan de muerto, which is a kind of coffee cake. It's normally made uh, to look like bones. Paper mache skeletons and skull-shaped candies and sweets are very popular this time of year. And altars altars are also made with representations of earth, wind, water, and fire. For earth, they use, you know, certain crops and foods, normally the favorite foods of the person. Um, Wind, something to represent the wind. They'll either tie a piece of tissue paper or a light cloth so that maybe they know when the spirit's home and the water to quench the spirit's thirst after its long journey. I actually think that the celebration of the Day of the Dead is is awesome. I wish we did something like that here. Um, It's kind of like, you know, once we bury them, we forget about them. (laughs) I think it's a really neat way to remember the people that you love. Now I went and made my way through the small shops that are located towards the side. The jewelry shop includes silver from Toxco, including three types of turquoise. They have blue, green, yellow, and multicolor. I had never seen yellow turquoise. It's really cool looking. Hmm. They have uh, Colacho beaded jewelry here, Nectar Maya, which is a body product that's made in Cancun. 
They have uh, silver jewelry that's inlaid with mother of pearl, embroidered clothing for women and girls, shirts, dresses, skirts, purses, and scarves. The leather goods they have in here are belts, backpacks, fanny packs, purses, wallets, coin purses, and even sandals. Beaded jewelry and belts, and of course, silver fashion jewelry. The La Princesa de Cristal, which features the Arribas Brothers. Of course, you have your crystal figurines, frames, cake toppers, tiaras, and Christmas ornaments. And then there's also the Arribas Brothers Jeweled Series as well. And light stones, which are basically little crystals that you can hang from a window or wherever you wish to show the prisms. There's also the outdoor market, which is just on the other side of uh, La Cantina de San Angel. They have Team Mexico soccer gear. We even found shoes by Adidas with the, the colors on them. They're only $60. Hmm. World Showcase gear for Mexico. Dos Equis and Tecate beer t-shirts. More, Three Caballeros merchandise. And the hand-carved ring station. The rings come in solid sterling silver, 14-karat gold, or brass. And the silver, they have four sizes of lettering. The smallest being $18, $22 for the next one, $32 for the one up from that, and then $42 for the largest one. In gold, they have three sizes of lettering. They are $89, $99, and $199. Oh, those must be really yeah, big. Yeah, they are they do get pretty big. I really am not a fan of these. I think they kind of mm. look cheesy. <laughs> but to each their own. And then the solid brass would be your cheapest, and they have three sizes as well for $12 or $16. And that covers it all. Great. Yep. Thank you very much. That wraps it up for Epcot, doesn't it? Yeah. I wasn't planning on covering the um, the mouse gear or any of the stores that are at the end of some of the rides, like Test Track. I feel like those are your typical souvenirs, things right. that you're going to be able to find everywhere. The only thing that John mentioned was, you know, they're bringing back some of the vintage uh, souvenirs for Epcot. And you can find those in mouse gear or in the, the store that... Um, like immediately to the left, we are coming under the ball. <laughs> um, but yeah, that'll be it for Epcot. And you'll be doing some of the uh, do- doing some store tours at the various resorts as we're doing yes. the uh, the resort uh, reviews. Great. Well, thank you very much, Julie. Corey Martin is going to tell us a little bit about the Disney College Program. This was a suggestion from one of our listeners. And I think Corey several has, of our listeners. Have yes, a few this. of them. Yeah. And Corey, I know, has been doing a lot of research over the last several weeks. On this, and he was actually once a college program cast member. Yes, I was in 1997. Um, a lot of things have changed since then, but they still stick to the same principles, you know, living, learning, earning, and teach you the Disney way. I, um, I'm only going to talk about the U.S. college program for U.S. students because there's so much information. I'm going to have to do a part two on the international programs, and might, maybe I'll touch on the, the Disneyland college program also. Is that uh, living in squalor? Uh, learning how to drink and uh, earning below nothing. earning below the poverty level. <laughs> it's what you make of it. If you want it to be a party, it can be a big, big party. Um, the college program, for those who don't know, it gives college students the opportunity to come live in Orlando, work for Disney. Um, you can also take classes, and if your if your college approves, you you can earn credit college credit for these classes. Also, the uh, the college program started in 1981. Since then, more than 45,000 students have participated. Wow, really? Yeah, it's, it's a big it's very thing. very popular. And it, it keeps growing. They're building, they're building another uh, housing complex. Right now it opens in fall. There are a few requirements for those uh, that are getting, getting excited right now, those high school students. 
you need to be enrolled full-time or as a part-time student in college. You need to be at a college or university in the, in the United States, and you have to have completed one semester. If you're a freshman, you can apply to do it in your second semester of college, but you need to complete that first semester. College seniors can also apply, but you need to apply while you're still in college, so your senior year, but you can do it afterwards. Um, graduate students can apply. Some colleges require certain um, requirements to be met, like for GPA, grade level, and a number of credit hours earned. So you need to check with your college and your career services to see what those things are. You need to be 18 years older, 18 or older to participate. So that's just, just the way it is. And work authorization. You have to be, you have to have un- unrestricted work um, authorization in the U.S. to do this. Now, there are several times that you can do the college program. You can do it in spring or fall. Um, what Disney's going to do, they're going to visit multiple colleges through the fall and spring semesters, and you can, you can attend a presentation. If they don't come to your school, you can drive to the nearest school. If you can't drive to that school, they do have an online presentation. But to qualify, you need to attend a presentation, whether it's online or at that college. Um, the few options, there, there are, there's a spring program you can do. These interviews are held in fall semesters, and this, this one spans from January through mid to late May. Now, Corley, just let me ask you a question. Are there, um, is it only certain colleges that are allowed to participate in this, or any college student can apply? Any college student can apply. Okay, good. There are only certain colleges that they actually go to and do the presentations at. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you're, if you're down the street at a community college or whatever, you can go to the... Uh, the larger university in your the, area. Yeah. Do they post the, the list of the ones they're going to be going to? They do have a list on the official website, which is wdwcollegeprogram.com. They have the entire list, I think, from now, you know, for the rest of the year. That's cool. Yeah, so you can check that out. And, or you can do the online presentation if you don't want to go to this, which is, which is something new. The, uh, now, the, like I said, the spring program, interviews are in the fall semesters. This spans from January to mid to late May. Then there's what, what they call the spring advantage now, these interviews are also held in the fall, and this uh, spans from January through August. And then there's the fall. These interviews are held during the spring. This spans from August through early January. And then there's the fall advantage. Now, these, in, these are, this spans from June to early January. Now, when I did it, I did the, uh, the summer program. They don't offer these anymore, only to college program alumni. What was great about this was that I didn't have to miss any of my classes, because LSU did not uh, give us credit for any of the classes that we took. So you really had to take a semester off to do this. So the summer program was really nice. Didn't miss anything. There's also, for, for those students who are in like the, the quarter or trimester system at their school, they have what they, they call the fall advantage quarter and spring advantage quarter. The fall um, spans from May, June through early January, and the spring advantage quarter is from Well, they do the interviews between September and November for the Spring Advantage Quarter, and this program spans from March through August. So there are are a few options. I would recommend the spring, mainly because of the holidays, you know. So, I mean, you do the the fall program, you're going to be working straight through Thanksgiving, you're going to be working through Christmas. Christmas, New Year's. And it's very unlikely that they're going to let you go home during this. Yeah. Yeah. Can I go visit my family? No. 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 <laughs> now, work. Now, to do this, you need to be you know, willing to work days, nights, weekends, holidays, overtime, no time, everything. You just, you, it is, it, you are at Disney's. You're at their disposal. Yeah, 
and it's not uncommon that they're going to schedule schedule to get you more than 40 hours a week. And it's also, you might get scheduled only 30 hours a week. Now, as a lifeguard, I mean, there were times where I only had 20 hours on my, uh, my paycheck because, you know, we were at the, you know, the, the weather, if it rained, the park closed, they sent us home. Mm. You know, you show up, you work for three hours, and it was pretty hard to, to make a living that you way. You worked during hurricane season, too. Yeah. Can you pick up extra time? You can. You can. But, I mean... When you're a lifeguard, you can go pick up extra time at like some of the resorts if All Stars or any of these other resorts need, yeah. need help. But, yeah, you can pick up. There are, there's like an overtime hotline that you can, uh, you can check for more hours. Now, the, um, the pay range ranges from 679 through 814 an hour. Now, this is depending on, on your role. And I do have a prop. Bob, I took a page out of your book. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I have my, one of my first pay stubs from... May 31st, oh, 1997. A, that's big. This is a 40-hour week with 10 hours of overtime. My net pay was $188.53. Oh, but they took your uh, they took your They took Vista Way out. That's, that was the housing complex that I stayed at. Um, it was the only one at the time, and that was $65 a week. Wow. So it's gone up since then. But, yeah, pass it around. Y'all can all have a nice little laugh. Oh, and um, I have another prop. I actually have the, the flyer that caught my attention at LSU about the college program. This flyer basically started it all. Um, it says, guess who's coming to campus? The folks from Walt Disney World. The Walt Disney World College Program is coming to LSU to recruit students in good academic standing for paid co-op internship positions for summer and fall of 1997. Applications may be picked up at the presentation. You must attend the presentation on Thursday, February 20th, 1997. You kept all this stuff? You know, I'm a pack rat. He's a huge pack rat. Well, I, you know, everything from college program, I, I kind of kept in a, uh, you know, in a binder. You never know. It came in handy. It came in handy, right? 11 handy. years later. Yeah, some of that stuff's like scrapbook stuff you threw in, yeah. you know? I'm and, looking at your pay stub here. You, you, you know, misled people. You put $5 in savings away as uh, well. Oh, yeah. That, yeah I should have told people that. <laughs> Do you still have it? They were, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, Vista Credit Union requires that you keep $5 in your savings, so that's... Just $5? Yeah, <laughs> you need to keep $5 yeah. in your savings account. Yeah, that $5 broke me. Um, but anyway, so working. There are a few benefits uh, besides only working for Disney. You, you also get free theme park admission, and they also give you a pass that um, allows you to admit three, fan, three friends and family up to six times per year to any of the theme parks. And you also get discount passes to the water parks. You get discounts on resort stays, merchandise, and food. These things come in really handy, especially during the holidays. They increase the percentage you get off. I think it goes up to like forty percent. I was just going to say one of the things you, you mentioned was try to do it your your uh, your college program in the spring. In the spring, however, if you do do it in the fall, you'll be able to take advantage of what they yep. call the holiday the cast holiday party, which is an increased percentage off of shopping and as well as extra tickets that they give people. So that's something to keep in mind too. But again, you're right; you're going to be working. So on those day. days when your family can't, you can't go visit your family, they mm-hmm. can come visit you. Yeah. yeah, so I was going to mention, you know, it's a good time for them to come down to see all the holiday stuff. And they get a lot of discounts. You can really hook them up with discounted rooms. Now, after you do the college program, you, you now have the option to, uh, to move on to bigger and better roles. College program roles are entry-level jobs. So once you complete it, you have uh, what's called a, the opportunity to interview for a, prof- a professional internship, a PI, not Pleasure Island, PI. 
Um, and this gives you the opportunity to work some, somewhere closer to your, your major and your career path. I mean, lifeguarding had nothing to do with graphic design whatsoever. Hmm. I mean, I was <laughs> counting tattoos on people. <laughs> really? um, my, sister, my sister did the fall advantage in 2003. She came back in August of 2005 after Katrina. And after she graduated. Yeah. Her move-in day was actually the same, uh, was the same, same day. Same weekend. Same weekend as the Katrina evacuation I rem- day. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. And so when she came in, she interviewed for a PI position as a vacation planner. And she worked at the Ticket, ta- ticket Transportation Center at the Magic Kingdom. And then after that, she interviewed for a TA position, which is, which is a temporary assi- assignment. And she's at Guest Relations currently now, which she's been ever since. I noticed on the list of uh, things that the college program does, none of them includes being a character. Well, I'll get to that. I'm going to go over the roles okay. right now. Now, the roles that you can play when you're in the college program, these are not jobs. These are roles. You're a part of a cast. You don't, you don't wear uniforms. You wear costumes. You're a part of the show. Um, with all of these roles, you can expect to be in the sun. You can expect to be standing. You can expect to be in the rain. expect to be cleaning. I mean, all of these involve cleaning. Um, there's, there's on-stage roles and there's off-stage roles. Off-stage roles, very little guest interaction. You can be backstage. On-stage, lots of guest interaction. The first job is quick service, food, and beverage. Pretty self-explanatory. I'm sure all of you have, um, can think of examples of when you're at the park of who does this. You'll be selling food at outdoor carts, indoor carts, taking and filling orders. You'll be doing some cash handling. Um, pushing heavy carts. I knew someone during my college program. She was, she was the ice cream cart girl. The, these carts don't stay there overnight. You have to push them from backstage to your, to your area, and they are heavy, and you are responsible for that cash. You know, they do count you know, whatever you sell, and they look at your cash. So the, um, there's also custodial. Now, this is self, self-explanatory. Guest interaction while working. This is one of the big things and, that you do custodial you're constantly talking to people and one thing they told me was that you know a lot of people during these interviews they're like thinking it's going to help them get the job they're like oh i just love talking to people i'm such a people person i would love to answer questions like constantly well you might find yourself in custodial because those are the people that are you know custodial and merchandise those are the two positions where you know they get asked a lot of questions yeah so the uh, custodial, you'll be sweeping, mopping, cleaning restrooms, emptying trash cans, things protein like... Protein spills. Things like protein spills. Um, then there's merchandise. Um, selling merchandise indoor and outdoor areas. You'll be stocking shelves, stroller, wheelchair rentals, um, providing information to guests. Um, my roommate was in merchandise. I never saw him because he worked through the night stocking. You know, He'd be coming in, and I'd be leaving to go to yeah. Blizzard. So I never saw him. Then there's attractions. You can work at one or more of the rides or theater shows. You'll be loading, unloading guests. You, some of these cases, you have to re- memorize uh, long narrations and give them to a large audience, or you can be manning some of the fast pass distribution areas. Then there's what the, it's called a hopper. Now, this gives you the opportunity to work in different locations within the same role or, work, or working multiple roles. You might, you might be working quick service food and beverage, and then you might go to merchandise or attractions and then custodial. So if you get bored easily, that might be something for you. Then there's main, main entrance operations. This is, uh, you'll work at one or more of the following. Parking, dealing with the toll plaza, the parking tram. Also the guy in the back who delivers a little spiel. You know, that might, oh, be, yeah. might be you. 
um, the park reader. These are the, um, the cast members at the turnstiles taking your tickets and telling you to put your finger in that thing. And the uh, ticket operations. Arguing with Pete. Arguing with Pete. <laughs> Show me your ID, sir. Uh, the ticket operations, this is, um, you'll be selling tickets at the water parks, downtown Disney area, or the wide world of sports area. Now you need to, you'll be using like computerized ticketing systems and also this deals with uh, cash handling also. Then there's transportation. You can operate the monorails and or watercraft vehicles, including the onboard, um, including using onboard computers, loading and unloading guests, delivering narrations. Then there's full service food and beverage. This is a non-tipped role. Now this is greeting and seating guests in restaurants, managing the seating charts, uh, resolving guest situations, mainly with people. You know, I had an ADR. Where's my Where's my reservation? I don't know, mm-hmm. sir. Um, you'll be rolling silverware and folding napkins. You know, typical restaurant type stuff. Beside, not not waiting tables though. Then there's the lifeguard. This is uh, prolonged exposure to the sun, providing first aid, and basic life support to guests. You need strong swimming skills. You need uh, 20/20 vision, and it also requires a, a swim test. You need to well, also you, you need to tread you water with me. your hands over the over your head and things like that. It, that was fun. That made that made it seem like it was a paid spring break, you know, during summer. I, I, I went home with the best hand. <laughs> and then there's the, a recreation position. You can be um, at one or more of the recreation areas, um, at the top of the water slides. You might be at towel rentals, watercraft rentals, marina operations. This also requires strong swimming skills, um, and also maintaining safety standards. You know. Get off that. Get off that. Wear this life jacket. Don't climb on that. Yeah. Then you can. There's also a vacation planner. You can. Um, you can sell tickets to to guests. This requires that you have a strong knowledge of the the Walt Disney World Resort and the ticket the tickets that they're offering at the time. You'll be handling large amounts of cash, and you'll also be assisting guests with selecting the right ticket for their uh, for their vacation. And they call them vacation planners. Yeah, vacation planners. Yeah, ticket salesperson. Yeah, it's a fancy yeah. word. And then there's um, hospitality. This is you'll be at the front desk, luggage services, dispatch, or telephone room. You'll be checking guests in and out, um, assisting guests with itinerary planning, and also dealing with complex situations. You're probably the person that's going to be dealing with these complaints. See, if you're taking in college a hospitality theme, that that would seem to be something that you know would help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, some of those others just don't seem to be anything that yeah. would help towards your education. Yeah, well, Disney's really big on hospitality. Um, then there's housekeeping. Cleaning multiple guest rooms, replenishing linens, making beds. Mm. Not for me. <laughs> then, then there's the resort hopper. Now, this you can do three, you do three to four months in housekeeping, and then you do another three to four months in hospitality. Switch it up a little bit. Bell services dispatch. This is also a non-tipped role. You'll be... Um, Assigning luggage deliveries, you know, greeting guests upon arrival. Now, this is a role. I mean, you, you know, you check into a, a resort. The first people you really see mm-hmm. are these guys. You know, I thought those were outsourced, though. I thought the uh, Bellmans, Bellman were all out- outsourced. I don't know. It's still on the the college program the description. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, these aren't actually Bellman. These are the folks who greet you as you come into the resort. I think he's talking about. Also delivering, um, you answer guest calls, respond, you're responding to the service request, delivering stuff to rooms. I think it's valet that was outsourced. Oh, could be. Valet services. Yeah. Then there's the, the Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique Hostess. This is for women only because you're playing the role of the um, a fairy godmother in training. So if you're, 
you need to be able to put put on makeup and do press on nails for little kids and adults and that sounds really fun (laughs) do a variety of hair techniques and braiding and things like that i would love to watch you put press on nails on somebody (laughs) (laughs) sit down in a chair then there's the character attendant. This is the person that walks with the characters, you know, keeping the crowd control. Um, we call him the handler. The handler, yeah. Well, and the it, fights between Tigger and, and the guests. Yeah, they also work a lot with the, uh, the photo pass photographers. Their, their main job is really to keep the safety of the, uh, the characters, you know, so nobody's punching Tigger. <laughs> I can. There are some additional roles, Bob. These, um, these are the ones that you can try out for. You can Me? Be, you can be a character performer. I, so you can be a character while you're I on could the college be a character program. character performer. No, you already are. No. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk more about characters in the email show tomorrow. So if you have, like, little ears listening, I don't want, you know, I don't want to be a spoiler for the little ones. So yeah. I'm going to talk more in detail about the, the whole character, how you, you know, audition, the audition process, the height requirements and things like that. And another additional role, you can be a culinary assistant. You can, you know, with baking and pastry making. and That sounds like it would be interesting. Yep. Well, you know, it's funny. I'm just to interject. My, my niece, uh, Robin, is going to school. Uh, she's going to uh, culinary school to be a, a, a baker. And she wanted to do her internship down here. They wouldn't guarantee her that she'd be doing her, uh, yeah. that she'd be doing that. That's the thing is you're applying for these roles. You're never guaranteed what you're going to get. Right. Obviously, if you're trained to be a lifeguard, that you know gives you a better advantage over someone else. But we you don't know if you're going to be cleaning toilets or making pastries. knew yeah. someone who did the pastry chef assistant or whatever, um, one of Tiffany's roommates. That was yeah. in 2000. Yeah, she was really good at it. Yeah. We saw her make a chocolate Christmas tree. It was really amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like they spin the wheel, and if you get lucky, you're... You're in. If you don't, you're washing toilets. I, have to. I mean, basically, they're going to give you a checklist of all these roles, um, and you check which ones that you're interested in. And they're going to, when you get your acceptance letter, if you're accepted, they're going to tell you what role that you are, you are accepted in. Yeah. Then you have about two, two to three weeks to, to let them know if you want it or not. Now, there are some backstage roles. Um, this is costuming. You, you pro- you'll probably never be interacting with guests, but you'll be dealing with cast members. You'll be issuing costumes, and you'll be working with performers in various stages of their dress. <laughs> I guess that's a, a nice way of putting it. And then there's the quick service restaurant position, which is you know you're in the back of the restaurant, basically making the, the hot dogs and hamburgers, preparing them, and then you give them to the the person that actually hands them to the guest. I would always prefer to be on an on-stage role, and I think most people in the co- that apply for the college program are expecting that, too, to kind of be in the park and interacting with people. Yeah. Now, the college program housing. There are, there are currently three places to stay. There's Vista Way, there's Chatham, there's the Commons, and they're, they're building a new one. It's called Patterson Court. That's going to be opening in 2008 fall. Now, these are 24-hour gated complexes, and security is heavy here, very, very heavy. I mean, outside guests cannot come in unless you check them in. Hmm. Um, if they do come in, they, they have to leave um, by 1 o'clock, 1 a.m., and also they can't return until 7 a.m. And when you check somebody in, you're putting your job on the line because um, if they don't leave, if they're caught roaming around Vista Way at 2.30 in the morning security finds them, they're going to ask for their ID. They're going to see that you checked them in, and then you're terminated. That's, a, that's Disney's firing. You're mm-hmm. terminated. No sleepovers. Yeah. No, no sleepovers, unless they're 
in your complex. The um, and also if you're like say say you you live at Vistaway and you you meet somebody that you like that's at the Commons, they're considered a guest also. So they can't stay over way at, over the overnight at Vistaway. You can't stay overnight at the Commons or Chatham. They're considered guests. So you know these apartment complex tend tend to form cliques. Because if mm. you if you throw a party, you have this massive party that you're throwing, and it's funny that I use party as an example. They they have to leave by one o'clock. So that's interesting. Don't take any chances. Don't lose your job. Yeah, yeah. we threw a lot. Of, we had a lot of termination parties, a lot of going away parties when I was on the college program. Really, people that would just bring people in. They would, and and these security guards are smart. You, you try to sneak somebody through the, in your trunk. They check trunks. <laughs> oh my god! They they, they <laughs> They know you can't jump. You can try to jump the fence. They'll catch you. They they will. They will. There are ways around it, but I'm not going to talk about that. You can. <laughs> of course, he found them. They. Um, this is why you were putting Julie in the trunk, isn't it? Yeah. They do offer yeah, one to comes, four bedroom that's a apartments. Good point, Kevin. Uh, yeah, she she could have hopped right out. Well, she practiced. I, the I know last a lot of week. people that got terminated. They got caught sneaking people in, sneaking people in the trunk because they didn't feel like signing them in. That's in case I was ever carjacked, Bob. I yeah. understand that. <laughs> you need to explain that. People are gonna be like, "What's he putting Julie in the trunk for?" <laughs> the um, the cost for these uh, the housing is it ranges from seventy five dollars all the way up to ninety seven dollars per week. Now, this depends on the size of your apartment. It depends on how many room roommates you have. Depends on the apartment complex you're staying at, a few things. Now, that price, uh, it includes electricity, basic cable, local phone, water, high-speed internet, and amenities, maintenance. These are fully furnished oh, apartments. Oh, I was going to ask you that. Mm-hmm. No electronics except a phone, but it comes with, uh, the bedroom has a dresser with a mirror and a nightstand and two twin beds. Um, dining room has a table with four chairs. The living room has a couch, chair, two end tables. And some of the additional items, you know, they give you a shower curtain, you know, little vanity waste bag. Gee, how nice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Hope it's new. Oh. Uh, the, all the kitchen appliances are in there. They have the dishes and forks, knives, everything you need. When you check in, they're going to give you a checklist. You go through, find what's there because things tend to get broken during the college program. I don't know about that either. <laughs> they have, and that also includes the local phone service. Um, you do have one central phone in your apartment complex. The um, most complexes, well, all, all the complexes have swimming t- swimming pools, hot tubs, weight rooms. Uh, I know Vistaway has a tennis court. Um, I haven't been to some of the other ones. I've been huh. to Chatham, but I haven't been to some of the other ones. Um, basketball, racquetball courts. Now, all these apartments are separated by gender. That's another thing that's new. That what? wasn't. They're separated by gender and also by age. Each each complex? No, each each room, each oh, section each of the complex. Oh, okay. You know, because my roommate, my room roommate, the guy I shared an actual room with, he was 33 years old. I was 19 years old. That doesn't happen anymore. They have what what's called. Is he a slow learner? <laughs> How did a 33 year old get into the college program anyway? You know, well, he maybe he he applied when he was a, a senior. Started late in college. So that's very years. I know, I know. <laughs> and then he decides he wants to go in merchandising at Disney and get paid minimum wage. But yeah, so there, you know, we we had we had all um, age ranges in our in our complex. But now they have what's called wellness apartments, and they'll put everybody who's under twenty one in one apartment. Um, no alcohol to dry apartment. So, and if you if you get caught, you know, with alcohol in your 
your apartment, you can be terminated. I mean, they're very, very strict, and they do. That's if you're under 21, right? It's, yeah, if you're under 21. If you're in a wellness apartment and you have liquor in there. What do they put wristbands around the kids? No, you, there's like a they the, the, these security guards know that this building is a wellness building. They're not going to put 21 year olds on the first floor and then yeah. you know eighteen oh, okay. uh, year olds on the second floor. That whole building's going to be a wellness building. Locked down. Yeah, like I said, visitors have to vacate by one a.m. Um, now you can sign up. You can't pick who you want to be your roommate because they they pair everybody up with a number of things, you know, when your arrival date is and when your departure date is or where you're working and how old you are. But you can sign up for what's called a roommate notification. It gives you the, um, the option to kind of contact the, your roommates before you arrive to kind of get to know them so you're not just like, hmm, hello, who are you? Like in college. 33-year-old weirdo. 33-year-old, <laughs> and, and he was. <laughs> Corey has some really gross stories about him. He was 33. <laughs> it's a little lecherous. Yeah, he, he, would, he would like to shave his face and, and, and like, clean his, um, his razor in the sink, but he would never, you know, typical roommate issues, you know. You, you got, he you, wasn't clean. You have basically. slobs and you have the neat freaks. I mean, all the girls' apartments, those were always, like, so decorated nice, and they, they'd hang little stuff, personalize it. The guys just... Is that what you did, Julie? Personally? I didn't do the college program. Oh, okay. And they do offer free transportation. They, they can bring you to and from work. They'll also um, bring you to some of the local stores, banks, um, uh, post offices. Once a month, they'll, they'll schedule like a, a beach trip or Kennedy Space Center oh, trip. That's cool. Now, while they do provide transportation, I would recommend everyone to bring your own car. I mean, really, it just makes life so much easier. Or if you don't have a car, just become really good friends with somebody who does. How far, <laughs> how far away are they, these complexes to actual Disney? Not very far. It's in the Lake Buena Vista area. But okay. you still, you can't walk to Disney no. from it. No, no, you, you can't walk. Something. You need to. You'd have to leave like two hours previous yeah. to your And you'd have to time. cross I-4. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So besides just working and living, there is earning and edu- having an education. You can actually, depending on your school, you can get college credit for some of these classes. They, um, they offer eight classes that you can get credit for. There's the advanced studies in hospitality. There's the corporate communications, creativity and innovation, um, gaining the edge, um, experimental learning, human resources management, marketing you, organizational leadership, and the pr- college program practicum. This basically gives you just over, an overall um, class of you know how the Walt Disney World Company works. Now, if you're like me and you don't get credit, we actually had to take seminars. These were mandatory when I was... When I was in the college program, these were weekly, every Tuesday. And I had actually another prop. I have my, my schedule of what we had to go over. Um, Very good grasshopper. Yeah, every week. The first one was uh, communicating with style. And then we had two self-directed uh, studies. Basically, you go teach yourself. Um, understanding the differences and coping with cultural change. Another self-directed study. Maximizing people, people's potential through leadership, flexibility. A Conversation with Animation, that was one that I chose, another self-directed study, and The Ever-Changing World of Business. And some of my studies that I took, my self-directed ones, Introduction to Windows, uh, Marketing Strategy for Fast Growth, um, and Leadership, The Critical Difference. And if you missed two of these uh, seminars, you were terminated. Really? Yeah. Wow. These were, and not, you couldn't show up in shorts and stuff like that. You had to dress up. You had to wear... 
you know, business, business They're attire. Very, very strict, yeah, keep the business environment. These in are it. some of the things that have changed. There's also some uh, exploration, educational things you can do, and this basically um, lets you learn about the Walt Disney Company through, um, through hands-on things like backstage tours, guest speakers, and field trips. And there's, a, there's what's called the Disney Learning Centers, resource centers. There's about 13 of them located throughout the entire property, and this, um, this gives you books, audio tapes, you know, self, self-directed, um, educational opportunities where you can just kind of learn more about the company. And then there's Disney career services. There's a whole list of things. I mean, they really take, um, they really take education serious. Uh, so, I mean, I would recommend taking some of these classes, making the most out of your, um, out of your program while you're there, especially if you're taking a break off of school, because it's going to be hard to go back to school after you had so much fun in the sun. Now, the Disney look, I'm not going to go through the Disney look because it's pages and pages and pages of, uh, of these guidelines. I mean, they, they are very strict guidelines, but I'll go over a few. You know, the men, their facial hair, they, your mustache has to be groomed a certain way. Your sideburns have to be groomed a certain way. This is actually recent. There used to be no facial, no sideburns longer than a certain length and no mustache whatsoever. That's, that's fairly recent. Yeah. They like to no visible piercings. No visible piercings. No body piercings. No, you know, if you have tattoos, they have to be be able to cover them up. That's yeah. really Disney. It's property. basically yeah. keeping yourself groomed. I mean, women with the hair coloring, even guys in some cases. I know this. Highlights. They have to be natural. Um, oh, like they, mine. They can't. They can't be just really, you know, really no crazy. No pink or blue hair. You know, the women's makeup. It needs to be very natural looking. Fingernails. Women's fingernails can't be um, can't be longer than a fourth of an inch. Hmm. Which is basically the the size of a pen cap. I got in trouble for a toenail color once because it was too dark. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And glasses. Another thing with glasses is it fungus. <laughs> it's just really dark brown. And also, I mean, you can wear you can wear glasses, but they have to be very conservative. Um, you can't wear reflective glasses. You have they guests have to be able to see your eyes. Um, we were told as lifeguards the main reason for this was because if a child came up to us with a bloody nose, they look at you, they see themselves, they freak out. That, yeah, was, that was one example for us. I want to point out, when you say glasses, you mean sunglasses. Sunglasses. That's, that's for every role as well. And we were told that was because people want to see your eyes and know that you're talking to them and Looking sincere. Yeah. Not every role, you can't, not every role um, you're allowed to wear sunglasses. You have to be, that has to be part of your job description. But that's basically the Disney College Program in a nutshell. If you want more information on this, go to www.collegeprogram.com. There's tons of information. There's a schedule of when they're going to be at your school. There's, you know, online presentation. You can, you can check it out. So I'll have to do a part two on the international programs because there are a few really good international programs also. You're going to do the whole thing with an accent? Yes. All right. Well, thank you very much for that, Corey. All right, and that will do it for us this week, folks. We hope you enjoyed the show. We will be back with you again next Tuesday with another edition of the Diz Unplugged Roundtable. Thanks for listening.